Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back. This is episode number 53 and safe drugs episode seven from your favorite addiction doctors okay probably not no for real not i mean we're not better than you know everybody's favorite the charlie Resnikoff. sorry i have to do a short note to charlie because he's my favorite dang charlie dang charlie you're gonna gonna open open that can (laughs) okay never mind it's water it's actually water all right so (laughs) That made it quieter. So today, you all seem to be loving the drugs, which I'm loving researching because, as I was telling Kurt, I you call me. Please call me Doctor Divine. As I was telling Kurt, (laughs) so we're all supposed to be going by your doctor in our first name, but you just can't do it because you're too old school. (laughs) Anyway, so I learned, especially this drug, amitriptyline, aka Elevel, which nobody uses that anymore. in med school, I see it occasionally. I've never started a patient on this medication, ever. Uh, it's pretty rare for me. I mean, sorry, Mark, if you're listening, but I just haven't because these drugs were just out of favor by the time I got there. But it's so cool to to do these researches on, is that a word? To do these researches. Research. <laughs> no, just research. And I wouldn't say these. To do the research on all these different drugs and substances that we prescribe willy-nilly, but you got to think about all the different side effects and mechanisms. And I'm also listening to that psychopharmacology thing, which I'm obsessed with. Wake me up when you're done. Okay, anyway, so we better start talking about oh, amitriptyline. This actually turned out to be a lot longer than we thought it would be. So it we're going to so have to cool. move through this because amitriptyline, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, so So it was discovered even before you were born in the late 1950s by scientists at Merck. My mom was probably on this. That could explain my problems. (laughs) You said it. You (laughs) totally said it. Shoot. Yeah. Wrong button. She tried to do something. Um, The mechanism (laughs) of action, of course, is a a TCA, tricyclic antidepressant, and it does inhibit serotonin transporter and norepinephrine transporter net okay so it's metabolized to nortriptyline although it's not a pro drug because it is active itself yep so it's a strong nor- nortriptyline is using even stronger norepi reuptake inhibitor further augmenting the the effects so the amitriptyline itself impacts these and then the metabolite impacts these. So mm. it also potent inhibitor of the serotonin things, alpha adrenergic things. It's making me sleepy just you talking about it. Histamine, muscarinic acetylcholine receptors. Thus, all of the contraindications, problems, interactions that will come from this med is it interacts with everything. And let's just shake it way down to the microscopic molecular. It, it's a blocker of multiple ion channels. You sound really smart when you say voltage-gated sodium channels and potassium channels. Yeah. So what does that all mean, Dr. Bell? Do you like how I wrote that in here? What does yeah. That mean? It's like, okay, explain it, it to me. It inhibits serotonin and norepinephrine transporters via the interference with the uptake. So 
it doesn't let these numbers, these things go down. So it increases your levels of serotonin and norepi in the Bhutan. Did you know that's what it's called? The what? The Bhutan. Yeah. It's where the transporters get released from the presynaptic to the postsynaptic junction. That space is called the Bhutan. Yeah, I fell asleep during that talk. (laughs) So... One of the off-label uses, which we'll get to in a minute, is analgesia. But how that actually happens is this inhibition of that norepi. And so it increased norepi in the spinal cord, and as well as the alpha-adrenergic in the spinal cord increasing GABA, therefore causing some analgesic well, effects. When, I mean, the bottom line is you're like all jazzed up. You lose your arm. You don't even know it. And then, because you're sleeping. Yeah. Okay. In 2018, it was the 79th most commonly prescribed med in the U.S., which 79th doesn't sound super impressive, but there's a million drugs, so it actually is. More than 10 million prescriptions of amitriptyline in 2018. Holy cow. Didn't see Mm. that coming. Are we going to talk about metabolism or not really? Yes. It's actually absorbed mostly in the GI tract, 90 to 95%. So when you take this pill, it's coming in. It's coming in peak plasma about four hours, goes through the liver, but is only about 50% bioavailable because the liver does, you know, knock it down with all those CYP things. Half-life, 21 hours. But remember, it has these active metabolites. And nortriptyline is not the only active metabolite, but I didn't want to go off too far in the weeds. So Yeah, but that's why if you give big doses of some of these TCAs, that people have their head down at the desk the rest of the next day. Right, because this is 21 hours. Other things are there too. 2%, excuse me, is actually just goes through the urine unchanged. Nice. It only has one FDA approval. Yeah. Major depressive disorder. Have you ever prescribed this for major depressive disorder? Really? I mean, seriously. You know, if I did, I don't remember. It was that long ago and I'm starting to slip a little, so I don't know. I mean, because really it was approved by the FDA more than 20 years before the first used SSRI. Yeah, I don't recall ever using that. No, I was. I grew up in the Prozac era when Prozac came out. That's true. You were in what residency when it came out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, and they started to come up with cephalosporins. So those are <laughs> near. To totally my not an antidepressant. <laughs> Sorry, don't get confused. Yeah, but you'd be depressed if you didn't have antibiotics to save you. But anyway, That's true. So um, it's rarely used for first line of major depressive disorder because it has higher toxicity and overdose potential and it's poorly tolerable and we'll get to that in a minute. I think people are starting to understand I'm the color commentary and you're just the you're just the facts. Well, you can tell that I actually did the research on this one. You typically do most of the research. I just do the typing. Well, that's because I'm the only one that can read. Or the so, only one who doesn't have four kids. So what else? Um, so you can use it for treatment resistant adolescent depression or cancer related depression. However, it's no better than placebo. So don't do that. You could use it, but it won't work. It won't work. And it also lacks supporting evidence for depression and Parkinson's disease. So really, Hmm. hmm, let's talk about what it's contraindicated in. Man, don't have a heart attack because then you can't use amitriptyline. Or if you have any type of heart block, arrhythmia, coronary artery issues. I think the the most concerning to me is you're not supposed to use it if you have porphyria. (laughs) Porphyria? Porphyria? Porphyria. (laughs) (laughs) I love saying 
Klaus von, we had a guy when I was in res, when I was a medical student who was an expert in porphyria. Porphyria. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we used to always say that. Never mind. You guys, it's not even lunchtime, so this is pretty impressive. Yeah. And of course, if you've wrecked your liver, don't go on amitriptyline. And if you're not six, you gotta don't. be you gotta be over <laughs> six. It's like, oh dang it. Sorry, um, you're only five and a half. <laughs> Um, don't give it to patients on MAOI inhibitors. I haven't um, seen that in a long time. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. If they've been on an MAOI inhibitor in the last 14 days, you can't use it. So it's kind of like don't use Vivitrol within two weeks of being on heroin. Yes. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Not really. Okay. So <laughs> obviously there's caution if you have a seizure disorder. That liver just isn't quite up to snuff. Or if you have the most common disorder ever, pheochromocytoma. Yeah, you just happen to have a pheo, you probably should avoid this. Or urinary retention, and that's a that's I've seen some trouble that way. For any man not over the personally, age of, not for, personally. For any man over the age of fifty, prostate enlargement, don't use it. I don't know anybody like that. Hyperthyroidism, pyloric stenosis. It may provoke acute gotax of glaucoma if you have some shallow anterior chambers or angles. Yeah. And but it, I love this. If you're psychotic and you are, um, it could <laughs> it could cause trouble. So no, but this this actually said that people who are undiagnosed bipolar, who've never had a manic episode, or people who are going to have a psychotic break or could, it can actually bring it out. Kind of like marijuana can precipitate out oh. schizophrenia. So very similar. Oh, good to know. It's one of those tests to see if you're bipolar. Ah, oh yeah. If you go okay. manic and spend all your money. Oh, I see. Yeah. Anyway, but you can use it in pregnancy and lactation. I'll keep that in in mind too. Although if you're lactating, it must not go through the breast milk because those kids are obviously under the age of six. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about using it for pain. It's actually recommended on the, you know, the WHO pain ladder. And that's of course for nerve related pain. And again, this is off label. Right. But this is where actually I see it used or have seen it used. Again, not personally initiated by me, but I've seen it used. And I don't know, this sounds like it's better than depression even. But it is as effective as gabapentin or pregabalin, but less tolerated for diabetic nerve pain. Mm, Interesting. You know, and there's, uh, you know, and I've seen it used for fibro, uh, fibromyalgia. Yes. But it's, uh, it's, kind of considered that second line you can use it with other things like phloxine or melatonin and then it works um, better for fibromyalgia yeah and of course pain and cancer patients um but not depression and cancer patients only pain only pain off label um and again you know and i've used you know some of these different types of meds the tcas sometimes for atypical facial pain or some of the neuralgia things you know that's I, yeah, I have prescribed it once. I haven't prescribed amitriptyline, but others. Right. So. Um, it is ineffective, though, for HIV-associated neuropathy. I love how they can differentiate all this. It's just fascinating to me, these mm. researchers. So, anyway. also. Migraines uh, and chronic tension headaches. Yeah. As, Some, as prevention. So, effective prevention of periodic migraines in adults. Similar efficacy to venlafaxine and topiramate, which... I okay. think if you had four kids and then you didn't have to be around four kids, that would also possibly prevent migraine <laughs> and chronic <laughs> tension headache. But if you have periodic migraines, are you really on a prevention medication? That that was confusing to me. But again, higher burden of adverse effects than topiramate. Even super small doses don't use in kids. It's not effective for headaches. Especially under six. <laughs> 
may reduce frequency and duration of chronic tension headaches, but. Mm. So let's talk about bedwetting, Heather. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So it can be used in nocturnal enuresis if a child is over the age of six. If other treatments have failed, although usually that's a mipramine. Off-label. Um, off-label. But if you stop using it, it they go back to bedwetting unless they've grown out of it during your treatment period. So it's not going to be a long-term solution. Yeah, and of course, people have used it with other kind of chronic illnesses, things like irritable bowel. Um, although it is first line for one thing, oh. not FDA approved, but first line. Off-label. Off-label for decreasing the frequency and severity and duration of cyclic vomiting syndrome. Wow. How about just stopping smoking marijuana? Then it will go away. Correct. In the U.S., people have used it in conjunction with stimulants for ADHD in children over the age of six, but there's really no evidence to support that. Yeah. And some people use it for sleep. Uh, Apparently, it's popular in the U.K., although... I can't think that I've ever specifically used that uh, for sleep. Lots of side effects, too. I mean, gosh. Right. That's 20% a thing. Gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Jeez. 20% or more of people will have dry mouth, drowsiness, dizziness, constipation, and weight gain. Sounds like a commercial on TV. Oh, we'll get to the commercial in a minute. Oh, okay. So, and again, if you look at some of the really big ones at 10% or more, the vision changes. Tachycardia, which TCAs, yeah. Some increased appetite, so you might want more Doritos and donuts. Get off of the marijuana use. Yeah, oh, yeah. I just like donuts anyway. Um, and increasing uh, tremor, possibly, and oops, sexual dysfunction. Especially in males, erectile dysfunction, what? low libido. But it didn't impact actual orgasmic episodes or well, there's that the ejaculation. So it's more you just don't want to have sex or you can't get an erection. Whew. But yeah. if you do, you're good. Oh, uh, good news. <laughs> but can prolong the QT interval, so don't use it with other things that can do that. We'll get to that. Can cause orthostatic yeah. hypotension, i.e. falls. That, that whole QT thing and you know sudden death, that's bad. So there are rare, serious side effects. And, and here at the Addiction Connection, we are always serious. So this is right on our wavelength. Uh, serious effects, of course, glaucoma, liver toxicity, that's not good. Heart arrhythmias, well, and seizures, which are pretty much dose-dependent. Actually, in some of the, some of the reports that I was looking at uh, as side effects, especially in the people who are using this for fun, uh, seizures an issue. All right, so here's our commercial. Mm. Do not take amitriptyline if you are taking these following medications. <gasps> Anticoagulants, anticonvulsants, antipsychotics, any med that causes drowsiness, bupropion, buspirone, cimetidine, diuretics, disulfiram, mipratropium, lithium, meds that affect your heartbeat, inducer inhibit CYP2D6, other antidepressants, other certainergics, HIV meds, alcohol, or other recreational drugs. Wow, that was cool. That's pretty much everything on the market. <laughs> so what do people actually take it with? Can you do it in one breath, Kurt? Oh, no, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so you go to Arrowwood, and, uh, well, basically people have taken it with everything, including cannabis, which there are a lot of people. Uh, no, you're supposed to do it like the commercial. No, I'm not going <laughs> to. They do uh, benzos, uh, mixing it with benzos, AMT, which is alpha-methyltryptamine, pseudoephedrine, dextamethorphan, well, diphenhydramine, sertraline, MDMA, Valium, alcohol. That doesn't seem smart. Uh, propoxyphene, which is used, which was Darvish said it's not on the market anymore. 
uh, and oh yeah, throw some mushrooms in there and then a little codeine. And a lot of the different postings were actually people using combinations of these things. That's super neat. Yeah. So the warnings have, have basically then everybody just ran towards those. Right. The things we said don't use, yes. they do. Yes. Which is pretty common, actually, because it should heighten it then, right? Yeah. So what does overdose look like? People will overdose, end up in the hospital with things that look like, or not things that look like, with serotonin syndrome, uh, long QT, so going into torsades, how you treat it, uh, activated charcoal if you give it within one to two hours. People need to be on a cardiac monitor in the hospital, but even if they get discharged early from the hospital within a couple of days, they need to maintain a cardiac monitor, Holter monitor, Zeopatch for five days after an overdose to monitor for that. So that can actually persist. And that's because of the metabolites, um, benzos to control seizures, but dialysis is not helpful in this type of medication overdose because mm. it's super protein bound. English folk singer, Nick Drake, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Died from an overdose of triptazole, which is another name brand of Elevil, or like Elevil amitriptyline, I guess, in 1974. You know, I'm four or five years older than you, and I can tell you that back in the late 80s, overdoses of these types of medications were relatively common. And so if I had a nickel for every NG I put down to put charcoal in, or because people wouldn't just drink it... um, yeah, that was a big thing. So a lot of activated charcoal. Yeah, so the withdrawal typically peaks at that three-day mark, but can last one to three weeks. Typically, withdrawal will look like dizziness with headaches, nausea, vomiting, appetite loss, obviously the opposite of everything they wanted to have, diarrhea, joint aches, fever, chills, sweating. So it looks like the influenza slash the COVID. Um Increased anxiety, irritability, fatigue, insomnia, restlessness, memory issues, hypersensitivity to lights and sounds. So it looks like that migraine. Crying spells. Well, have you been taking this? (laughs) No, I've been withdrawing from it. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Depersonalization. So you think you're just really not there. Well, maybe that's my problem because I don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's If I knew what button was the crickets, I would have pushed it. (laughs) Severe depression. But yet panic and hallucinations, like I already mentioned, it can manifest the underlying bipolar psychotic disorders. Mm. There's some cool street names I came across. If, you, if you're using uh, amitriptyline for recreation, they, they call you an amitripper, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, but a lot of different names for the drug, Vanatrip. And I, think, I don't know if that has anything to do with Vanna White. I doubt it. Um, Endep, Amatid, and Evil, like Elevil. I love it. Yeah, evil. So that's kind of cool. And and I actually, you know, when I looked, I tried to find anything about how different groups of people were using this medication off-label and illicitly, uh, and, and very few about IV. <laughs> and actually, the one guy that tried IV said, don't do that. Uh, I he, put that quote at the very end, so don't yeah, say it now. Okay. But he, basically, a lot of these pills have kind of a wax outer, and they, they basically sucked that off and licked that off. And then they heated it, melted it, and injected it. And uh, that doesn't seem like a great idea. Uh, But most of the people, uh, occasional snorters uh, posted things, but for the most part, it was oral. So first cases of TCA abuse in the 70s. So fairly quickly after it came out, of all the TCA abuse, amitriptyline is the most common because it, you know, has a lot of active metabolites, works faster, more sedating. Kind of get to that in a second. Um, 
Yeah, most people take it orally. Yeah, and they're looking for euphoria. That's what they're looking for. It's kind of a downer. But like an opioid. Like it, like an opioid. And people described it sometimes as a downer buzz. Like there you I, go. Like how I went kind of low on that. It buzz. was very great. Yeah. They get lethargic. These closed eye hallucinations, audio, auditory hallucinations. Sounds so pleasant. Lethargy. Lethargy. Um, they had an interesting couple ones where the, some of the different postings about mixing it with certain drugs. You know, didn't really think about this, but like gabapentin and Lyrica, a lot of people were mixing that. Um, and even sertraline and cannabis uh, with dametriptyline, kind of an LSD or mushroom kind of thing. So why was it, is it so abused compared to other TCAs? Another reason, um, the precursor to amitriptyline that came out first was amipramine, um, but it became a bigger seller. One, it's a stronger anxiolytic, so it felt better, and it had really, really great marketing, again, by Merck. Well, I can say that because that's known. So how about in the correctional care arena of dun, which we dun. now are somewhat working in? Somewhat. <laughs> okay, we are. <laughs> like constant. Um, it's just got a high abuse potential. It's the most sedating. Pretty much anything that's sedating, we don't want you to use in corrections. Yeah. Anyway, go to these couple studies so we can be done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your kids keep calling. Um, and so there's been a couple different interesting things that made them understand that this was a drug that people were using um off-label off and unusually. And actually, they did a study, and this was back, back 1978. in 1978. Yes, back in the 70s. And they had all these patients who were actually in a uh, methadone clinic, and they found that about 34% of people were using it. They had it in their urine. Even though only 25% had, well, I lied, 25% admitted it to taking it because of euphoria, but yet 35% had it in yeah. their urine. Yeah. I like this other article. So this article looked at studies from suicides with poison control, um, the National Poison Data System from 2000 to 2014, looking at specifically prescription medications, um, accounting for most of these poisonings. So 38.5% had a single exposure psychotropic medication. And this is ages 12 and older. But the bottom line is fatal cases increased by this 32%, but amitriptyline accounted for 40% of exposures. Wow. I mean, that's that's a lot. And that's in people aged 12 and above. Right. So I think they weren't under six. Yeah, serious outcomes. Uh, you know, the highest morbidity and mortality really with uh, the antidepressants is TCAs and MAOs. So... And the biggest um, morbidity mortality from the TCAs that they found in this study um, using this poison data system, acidosis, cardiac conduction problems, respiratory depression, and seizures caused the most troubles. And to end, we'll your- give the quote of the guy who tried amitriptyline IV. He said, and I quote, it's the most tired I've ever felt in my entire life. Lost consciousness and fell into a deep sleep. Major downer. Don't waste your time on it, unquote. All so, right. There you go. With that, we'll try to wake you back up with some battle lines. <laughs> All right. We will talk next week at you, I suspect, unless we take another week off. Which we won't. We won't.
All right, thank you. As I came by Tara Market, Tara Market for to fee, I met up with the farmer's child, the barnyard's a delicacy. Linton Addy to Renetti, Linton Addy to Renee, Linton Lauren, 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 the barnyard's a delicacy. He promised me the finest pair that I ever set my eyes upon. When I got to the barnyard, there was nothing there but skin and bone. Linton Addy to Renetti, Linton Addy to Renee, Linton Lauren, 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 the barnyard. There wouldn't rise at joking time Linton Addy to Renetti Linton Addy to Renee Linton Lauren, Lauren, Lauren In the barn, yes, the delicacy And when I go to church on Sunday Many's a bonny lass I see Sitting by her And not get drunk I can fight and not be slain I can sleep with another man's wife And still be welcome to my aid Linton Addy to Renetti Linton Addy to Renee Linton Lauren, Lauren, Lauren The 